Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Any any particular particular Dude, I've only been here two days. The all the accents already got me wicked hot. Forgive. 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 But love. Welcome back to the Underground at St. Ethan's Cathedral, where, if you're just joining us, my co-host and I are live interviewing the eager confessors here to unburden their souls on their afternoon commute. And here we are with our very own Isabel Powell, ex-Redline mayoral candidate turned Wonderland community leader. Could you tell us, Izzy, what made you brave the Redline mandate currently barring all participants in your political demonstrations from entering the city? <laughs> I'm certainly not here to give up my hard-earned secrets to one of the Legion's patent home listening devices. That's for sure. Don't you mean home assistance? I know what I said. I won't deny being a smidge skeptical when I first heard Mayor Bespin's pitch for the priest being a robot, nor was I surprised at all when it broke down after only two confessions. Those Bespins sure do love their shiny new toys, don't they? Let's just say the only reason I'm still here is to share a kind word with the fellow who ensured my friends and I entry into this church despite the mayor's protest. I must admit, I'm not surprised that you're a woman of faith, but I'd never have taken you for a Catholic. What's weighing on you on this fine Sunday afternoon? <clears throat> Chucko. <laughs> as far as I understand it, Mr. Octagon. Any of the things I may or may not have to share with that man come from a private place that will remain between me, him, and God, themself. But I admire your commitment to the pursuit of truth wherever you can find it. Thank you, Miss Powell. That sure means a lot coming from you. And there you have it, folks. Redlinians and greater Bostonians alike continue to gather in this rather modest cathedral awaiting their chance to confess their sins, their hopes, and their dreams in the name of their own private bond with God and faith in spite of unfettered capitalism. Oh, uh, hi. Hello. How long has it been since your last confession? Confess? Oh, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm just trying to... Uh, Commute. Sure, sure. <laughs> Getting a lot of that today. Actually, I really shouldn't be here. I I'm definitely not welcome in the city. <laughs> I sort of ran in here after things broke up. You were part of the demonstration? Yeah. Well, everyone is welcome when it comes to the church. I'm fairly sure Emily Bespin would have some choice disagreements on that front. Well, the mayor is not a priest. 
and the church has a long history of providing sanctuary to those doing the right thing. Sanctuary is exactly what I need right now. As far as I'm able, I'll make sure you get where you're going safely as long as it's in this church. Car. Thank you. It's been a long day. And it's only just starting. Do you want to talk about it? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not exactly Catholic. I'm here to listen to whoever needs it. It sounds like you might. Um... Well... I'm... Tired, Father. Really, really tired. An aching, burning exhaustion I feel in the marrow of my bones. In the depths of my soul. That I don't know how to shake. God, that sounds dramatic. But it is how I've been feeling lately. That sounds hard. It isn't great. But that's the problem. It shouldn't be this hard. I'm in politics. Well, I guess community engagement by way of politics at this point. And I know the grind. That's what this job is all about. And I'm not the kind of person who can waste time feeling like this. I don't have time. Hmm. Could you unpack that a little for me? There's just so much to do. Like, it's insane how much needs to be done all the time. And I'm really only one of a handful of people who can do these really particular things. And I love what I do. I love it. It's, it's why I get up in the morning. It fills me up. This work gives me a depth of joy I never even knew was possible. Even with all the varying shades of complexity. You really seem to have a calling. In a way, yeah. I guess. I, mean, I guess I do. But that's what makes me so angry at myself. Angry? I mean, yeah. Yeah. This stupid human body with all its physical needs and narrow emotional bandwidth, I, I just want to keep powering through. I have to keep powering through. My community needs me. But I don't know if I can keep it up. The dread sort of creeps into everything, you know? I've even started having utility-based nightmares. They're... they're terrible. I can't get out of them. I can't wake up. That sounds distressing. And oddly specific. You don't even know the half of it. I just don't want to let everyone down. I, I don't want to let myself down. I don't want... I don't want everything to fall apart. Because I didn't have the willpower to push a little bit further. It sounds like you're being very hard on yourself. I don't know any other way to be. Have you ever considered that if you take care of yourself now, it will do a world of good later? The whole putting on your oxygen mask before helping others thing. Like on a plane? <laughs> yes, like on a plane. As much as you berate your stupid human body, we're all human. And there's only so much we can do, so much we can take. I mean, I know that. You may know that intellectually, but I'm not sure you feel it. Why are you so special that you don't have to rest? I... I mean, I'm not... I, I, I... I'm not trying to back you into a corner here. I'm just saying that you, too, deserve the chance for a little grace. To take care and come back into whatever you need to do stronger than before. You get to have that, too. Well, I... Hmm. That's... Uh, certainly something to think about. That's... That's, uh... Kind of you to say. Thanks. 
It's the truth. I hope you take it to heart. I... I'll try. That's all we can do. Good afternoon. How long has it been since your last confession? Oh, dear. Long enough for me to be embarrassed and too long to remember. Best guess? Twenty-one years? That seems awfully specific for someone who doesn't remember. Well, I can't be certain I went to confession, but I was attending church a lot back then. Any particular reason? I was facing some pretty serious losses. So, funerals, and then looking for direction. Did you find it? I found a direction in church. Not one I particularly liked. I should also warn you I'm not Catholic. That's okay. All are welcome here. Mm, Yes, so I hear. A surprising development in Red Line. Hopefully a positive one. In some ways. Why don't you tell me what you're here to confess? Tell me, Father. Do you think partaking in a smaller scene to expose a much larger one is a worthy pursuit? It depends on how you look at it. I think it's dangerous to view sin as something on a spectrum. But surely there are worse sins than others. Unquestionably. But once you start judging them, especially in other people, you open yourself up to judgment, which is one of the worst sins imaginable. So I I am not to judge? I am meant to just ignore the large sins all around me and stick to fixing my own, right? No, there are times to act out against sin. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written... My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Matthew 21. Is it strange that this was my favorite part of the gospel growing up? Finally, some real human emotion, anger, something that flirts with sin itself, even something humanizing. Jesus snaps. Growing up, I felt like snapping like that all the time. It is very relatable. In some ways. I always had a problem with why he was angry. There was so much injustice all around Christ that he seemingly accepted peacefully. And the temple being used is what sets him off? Now, why do you think that is? I'm not sure I'd say he accepted anything. He ended up changing the entire world, after all. By giving up. No, through forgiveness. And what am I supposed to do with that? Let the Romans walk all over me? Leave me with lashes until I'm broken and bloodied while I plead with God and say they know not what they do? I don't believe that. They know exactly what they're doing. And part of my anger is rooted in feeling like this whole thing is designed to keep my righteousness in check. Turn the other cheek forgive while the den of thieves goes on dancing on my back now I ask you what did Christ change 
the Romans are still in power, more powerful than ever. But their great trick is that they learn to use your book to teach the forgiveness to those they continually mistreat while making the whole world, not just the temple, everywhere, into their personal little sacrilegious marketplace. And everyone in it are nothing but items, commodities, things which can be bought and sold. What about that can I forgive, Father? How can I forgive myself if I do? No, you're not wrong to feel anger. You're human. But if you act on that anger in a negative way, in a malicious way, would you be able to forgive yourself then? What's my malice compared to the maliciousness pulling the strings to hurt the world? And if I can use my malice to cut those strings, shouldn't I? You tell me. How did you react this morning when you saw the Bespins forcing people at the sanctuary of a church? It did make me angry. Did you act on that anger? I think you know the answer to that. And yet still you sit and serve this city. A stranger who recognizes all that's wrong with it. I serve the church. I serve people. I serve you. All are welcome here, remember? The pursuit of goodness and peace through faith. A sanctuary inside a prohibited fortress. All are welcome, sure. Let me ask you something. Would you have me be dedicated to something other than what I am? I'd have you dedicate yourself to justice. And I feel I am. Those people you sent this morning, would you rather I not help them? (laughs) There was press there this morning. If you not being there, you not helping them, brings attention to those rotten red-line Romans? Yes, I'd rather you not. Don't get me wrong, it's admirable what you did. I'm glad they were able to get inside. But what happens when you leave? What happens when you use your version of justice as a guest in the service of all that's wrong? You can't ask me to be something I'm not. Yes, I can. Because the book you use asks me that every day. It asks with the understanding of who its audience is. Humans. Imperfect people. Trying their best. Father. You try very hard. And you've made a good impression on me. But some people try harder than others. And a whole bunch of people don't try at all. And I'm tired. So damn tired. Of waiting on them to try. While they use my back for nothing. But to step into their overpriced rail homes. You still haven't confessed to anything. Yes, I did. And you called me out. I organized that demonstration this morning, and I'm sorry it wasn't the truth. I'm sorry I prevented it from being a bigger story. We still got some coverage. Thankfully. And I pray it does some good. Beyond that, I wanted to come and ask you. How do you do it? Wake up every day and find that hope, find that faith. I said it before. 
You can't ask me to be something I'm not. And yet you work every day with the belief that people can change. Because I know they can. Because I have. Change is a part of being human, too. (laughs) And on that, we agree. I'm just not sure of the direction. Are we headed inbound or outbound or... Or is the the train broken down, stuck in the middle? Ah. Hey there. Oh, hi. Is it okay that I'm sitting here? I just wanted to chill for a second. Everyone is welcome in the house of the Lord. Even to just chill. Cool, cool, cool. I've just been having a bit of a day, and my toesies could use a rest. You work for the mayor, right? Yeah, she's totally my boss. That must be a difficult job. Why? Well, the mayor seems a bit... prickly? She's actually really smooth. I've been meaning to ask what conditioner she uses. No, I... um... that's... that's not... (laughs) I just mean she seems like a tough person to work with. I just mostly answer phones and go places. Oh, and emails. So much emails. And like Twittering. It's cool because sometimes I get to like pretend to be the mayor online. You have to like get her voice down. It's like mm, being a ventriloquist or something. But on the internet and no dolls. Just like typing. I do get tired sometimes, but the coffee is free, which is cool, right? We have an espresso machine thing. Though, I might have broke it. I don't know. I need to figure that out. (laughs) Not much bothers you, does it? What's there to be bothered about? That's an intriguing way to look at life. I'm just vibing, you know? (laughs) <laughs> uh... I am starving. Oh. Do you have any of those wine and wafers? I mean, that's a Catholic thing, right? Yes, but I mean, that's for communion. Can I have some? Uh, well, that's not really what it's meant to be. Eh, I'll just get some ice cream instead. <laughs> I think there's a parlor in the next car. You... You have a good day. You too. Thanks for letting me hang out. Bye. Hello, Father. I'm called Yelena. It's nice to meet you. How long has it been since your last confession? Seven days. Oh, a regular. Great. And what would you like to confess? I am work with secret radical movement to overthrow oppressive train city regime and uplift working class. And you feel what you've been doing with this group is sinful? No, this is not sinful. You ask what I will like, confess, I will like to confess this because I am proud. But I cannot confess to world because work is secret and secret must be kept. And so I may only confess to you. Because you must keep secret or God will punish you. Right. I should tell you that that only holds so long as you're not hurting anyone. If you are hurting someone, that I do have to report. 
I have hurt no one. Okay, good. Yet. Are you planning to hurt someone? I have no plan, but if it's necessary, then it's necessary. Hurting people is never necessary. I don't understand. You have never hurt someone? Not physically and not on purpose. If you know it will hurt before it's done, then it's on purpose. Okay. Well, when you put it like that, yes. Hmm. Sometimes you have choice of things and first thing will cause hurt, but second thing will also cause hurt. Which do you choose? Uh, I guess in a situation like that, I'd try to choose whichever one causes less hurt. Sometimes you choose thing that causes less hurt. Sometimes you choose thing that causes hurt to people who can stand to be hurt. But however you choose, you cause hurt and is on purpose. Still, choice must be made. That's a lot more fatalistic than I'm comfortable with. Is not fatalistic. <laughs> is optimistic. Is how you make world better. I feel like we've gotten off track here. Did you have an actual sin you needed to confess? Da. Mm-hmm. I am dishonest with friend. I do not tell her that I am work with secret radical movement. I tell her I am doing one thing, when really I am doing something else. Police ask her about me. She tell them lie. Not knowing is lie. That sounds like a serious breach of trust, and one that could get your friend in real trouble. If friend is in trouble, then I tell truth. But friend is safer is not knowing truth. That's rarely true. Most of the time when we think we're protecting someone else from the truth, we're really just protecting ourselves from their reaction to the truth. Da. Da, da. But most time, truth is not radical conspiracy for revolution. You got me there. But it's unfair to use them for an alibi without their knowledge. Keeping them ignorant may be safer for them, but it would be safer still to not use them at all. But I think you already know that. Which makes me wonder if what you really want is to unburden yourself to them. Carrying a secret, even if it's a secret you're proud of, is difficult. It's natural to want to tell someone, especially someone you care about and trust. But truth puts her in danger. Sometimes lie is good. Sometimes it's sin to tell truth. I'm not really comfortable with the idea that telling the truth can be sinful. But I will say, if you're setting her up to figure it out herself, that's morally no different from just telling her. And I think maybe that's what you're doing. Hmm. You are maybe correct. I must think on this. Thank you, Father. This is helpful. Now I will go. Do svidania. Don't sweat, sweat, um, goodbye. Hi, I'm Yusuf Dahl, and when I was 18, I was convicted of selling drugs. For the past three years, I've had difficulty finding housing because it is legal in the United States to discriminate against individuals that have a past drug distribution conviction on their record for life. It doesn't matter if it was a hard drug like heroin or a drug that's now legal or partially legal in many states across the country, like marijuana. The Thurman Amendment was introduced to the Fair Housing Act in 1988 by segregationist Strom Thurman. 
and it's since been used to deny housing to all people. But because people of color are disproportionately jailed for drug charges, we are affected more. My goal is to overturn this amendment to start an end to housing discrimination that unfairly targets people of color. If you would like to join this movement, please visit ThurmanAmendment.org to learn more. A message from the Fable and Folly Network. The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Are you here for confession? What? Why would I be looking for confession in a red-line car? Isn't that supposed to happen in a church or something? Oh, well, this train car now is a church, and, um, (laughs) you know what? It is a long story. Yeah, it's usually a long story around these parts, but no, thank you. I'm just heading home from work. Besides, I'm sure almost nothing about my lifestyle is kosher with your holy book. You probably don't want to hear about my homosexual urges. Oh, don't worry. I'm not really a by-the-book kind of priest. I'm also not going to try and convert you or change you or anything. I'm really just here to help people find forgiveness and peace. Ah, see, I don't believe in forgiveness. Don't believe in forgiveness? Okay, maybe that's a little hyperbolic. The little stuff. White lies, careless insults, sure. Say you're sorry, move on. But the big stuff. Turning your back on a loved one. Leaving them behind without a trace. The stuff that really hurts, no one ever forgets that. You might make up. You might try to make it right. But it never really goes away. Yeah. Yeah. You okay? Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, sorry. (laughs) Um... But, all right, you don't believe in people forgiving each other. What about... What about when you've hurt someone? How do you deal with feelings of guilt? Do you believe in forgiving yourself? I feel it. I live in it. I reflect on it. I do what I can to better myself. I do what I can to restore the relationship to make it right. But eventually, you have to find a way to move on. To that end, I'm regularly my own worst critic. I usually ask myself, if I saw someone else tormenting themselves over these feelings, would I say that they were being overly harsh on themselves? Sometimes it helps just to try talking to someone else about it, which I guess brings us full circle, because that's kind of what you're here for. (laughs) Yeah, in a manner of speaking. Well, I hope this has helped. Wait, what? Helped? Helped me? It's right there on your sleeve. But you seem like a smart guy, even for a Catholic priest. I'm sure you'll figure it out. That's my stop. Good luck with the evening crowd. There's a Sox game, and there's bound to be some wacky confessions coming your way. (laughs) Can't be any wackier than what I've already seen today. And thanks. Um, what's your name? Abdul. Father Ben. Thank you, Abdul. 
Good night. Good night, Father. May the Lord bless you. What would you like to confess today? Truck! Did... did you say... truck? No questions. Uh, that's not really how this works. Truck! Yes, I... (laughs) I heard you, but I'm not sure if shouting truck counts as a confession, sir. You can't just yell truck at me and expect me to absolve you of whatever truck-related sins you've got going on. Truck damaged. (sighs) You... you damaged your truck? Never. Okay, so someone else damaged your truck. Yes. Did you get their insurance? No insurance. They didn't have insurance. No insurance. You don't have insurance. Got it. I think. I'm not sure what any of this has to do with a confession, though. Truck was hit. Sideswiped while parked. Hit and run. Tested paint. Investigated. Found driver. Found driver responsible. You found the driver? Responsible. But if you don't have insurance, then... Responsible. Oh, oh... Okay. Tell me... Tell me you haven't made him... fully responsible... yet. Please? Truck... Truck is hurt. I understand, but... violence is not the answer. Violence is an answer. Not a good answer. Who will answer for Truck? If you found the person responsible, maybe you could just ask them to pay for the damage? No insurance. I realize you don't have insurance, but this might be a good time to get some, don't you think? And if the other driver... Driver responsible. If the driver responsible approaches you with the same understanding as you could approach them, perhaps you could work something out? No violence? I mean, in addition to sparing them from violence. What can you offer them to make up for the fact that you're asking to settle this in a way that's... not legal? Hmm... Recipes? Uh... Sure. Fix truck? Get good recipes. You know what? It's worth a shot. You're leaving. You're back. Yeah, you know. Sorry. I am too. So what's the rush? (sighs) They fixed the confessional machine and I'm getting the feeling my presence isn't wanted. The mayor sent one of those cheese wedge-headed robots to follow me around. It's supposed to be assisting me. And it is, in a sense, assisting me out the door. Plus, I should probably head back to my parish. Cool. So you leave, and we get stuck with the machine. We? They. Redline. Where you don't hang ever since it went to hell. 
Not on the trains, anyway. I'm more rocking the secret underground tunnels and shit. Well, maybe I'll be back. And in the meantime, there are plenty of churches to visit that aren't in trains and that thankfully do not have a corporate-approved automated confessional booth. You know, should you feel the need. Right. I know. How are you getting back? Gonna take the commuter rail back out to where my car is parked. Hitting the brattle before I leave. I've always heard good things about that theater. And they're doing a special screening of Father Stew with Mark Wahlberg doing a Q&A after. Father fucking Stew? Are you kidding me? No, wanna join me? I'll buy the popcorn. Hell no, fuck Mark Wahlberg. What? I thought he was a favorite around here. Now that dude is racist and can't act. He sucks. Plus he coasts on this tough guy image that's only associated with the fact that he's from here and is a racist piece of shit. Real ones hate his goon ass. And he's working for Legion now. Kind of like you are. You know who I work for. Yeah. Anyway, they distributed his new movie and he's all over town promoting them and it and being his annoying clown-ass self. Interesting. Kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? What? Can Boston forgive Mark Wahlberg? Give me a break, Padre Prude. Boston has forgiven him. The whole world has. Nobody gives a shit that he was this giant piece of shit and they've rewarded him with money and fame. But not me. Not Mallory. Not ever. And why not? He doesn't deserve it. What has he done to make amends? He just he just keeps disappointing everyone with his choices. And, and... I'm sorry. I wasn't. It's OK. Do you want to talk about it? No, no, no. I'm good. I just you, you've got your goofy ass movie you're all excited about. Tough guy goon Mark Wahlberg becomes a priest like you. You got to go. It's cool. Hey. <clears throat> Fuck Mark Wahlberg. Wow. Swearing. In church, no less. And about your boy, Father Marky Mark Stan. Maybe I'm a bigger Mallory Stan. I can't. I can't get into it. I'm not ready. Okay. Why does all this stuff you try to leave behind stay with you? Why can't you shake it? Why can't you just leave it behind and feel fine with it? Sometimes I wish it could be that easy. But imagine who you'd be if that was the case. You wouldn't be you. You wouldn't be made of all the experiences that shaped you, that still live within you, good and bad. And all those people affected by you, shaped by those same experiences. Ripples in a pond, waves in an ocean. Me meeting you is me meeting all the people who shaped who you are. And that's worth something. Thank you. For not pushing me. I'm not the pushing kind, generally. But I don't want you to give up on that impulse. I think you need to talk to someone. I think there's someone you need to be honest with about... Not yet. I'm not ready yet. Then here. Whenever you're ready, you can call me. Your own personal Jesus. Dude, what... Depeche mode? No? This was a moment, and you made it weird. <sighs> yeah, I, I do that sometimes. <laughs> Take care of yourself, Mallory. I hope you enjoy Father Stew, Padre Prude. Talk to you soon. Bye. Any final word on the grand opening of St. Ethan's for our viewers, Mayor Bestman? Oh, 
I didn't know the two of you were still here. The underground goes where the story goes, and in the case of Redline, the story's always going. Huh. Cute. How are you feeling about today's events? The strong turnout must have been a relief, despite your technical difficulties. Hmm. Yes. That's one way you could say it, although it was maybe a bit bigger than I'd have liked it to be, if I'm honest. Yes, we all know you love when Redline remains as exclusive as humanly possible. But that doesn't really jive with the stated credo of the Catholic Church now, does it? And... What you call technical difficulties, I call an understandable first-day hiccup. My chocolate-covered praline pretzel Ethan, whom this very cathedral is named for, by the way, has assured me that our ordained Legion assistant has been restored to factory settings and is quite ready to take back over its principal duties of presiding over this here place of worship. It is too bad that our new friend Father Ben already took care of your first-day parishioners then, isn't it? They'll be back, all of them. Redline, as with every other city on God's green earth, is full of dirty little sinners, just desperate to hope, pray, and sometimes even pay their guilt away. And St. Ethan's will be here waiting for them, so long as they've got time to catch the right train. Let's hope so, because otherwise this whole venture would just prove to be another failed attempt at preserving your vanity in perpetuity, wouldn't it? Oh, I think that's enough out of the two of you for one day, isn't it? Uh, I suppose it is, Mayor Bestman. I suppose it is. (laughs) Don't forget to tune back in next week, friends, where Mr. Geometry and I over here will be able to finally tell you, without a shadow of a doubt, if St. Ethan's is a legitimate place of worship or just another ploy for Legion to line their pockets with your hard-earned dollars. Gotta go. Bye. Greater Boston is created by Alexander Danner and Jeff Vandriesen with help from T.H. Ponders, Bob Remunda, and Jordan Stillman. Recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. Forgive Me is a rogue dialogue production created by Jack Marone and Bob Ramunda. You can find multiple seasons of both Forgive Me and Greater Boston on your favorite podcast app. Portions of this episode were recorded at the Bridge Sound and Stage in Cambridge, Massachusetts, with recording engineers Javier Lam and Alex Allenson. This crossover special was written by Jeff Van Driesen, Alexander Danner, T.H. Ponders, Bob Ramunda, and Jordan Stillman, with story editing by Jack Marone. Dialogue editing by Bob Ramunda. Sound design by Jeff Van Driesen. This episode featured Jeff Van Driesen as Chuck Octagon, Kristen DiMercurio as Nicole Fonzarelli, Jessica Washington as Isabel Powell, Tanya Maloyevich as Melissa Weatherby and Yelena Sergevich, Casey Callahan as Father Ben, Daisy Guevara as Kavlin, Tozaman as Abdul Akhtar, Mike Linden as Guy, Joanna Bodnick as Mallory, and Sam Musher as Emily Bespin with special appearance by Josh Rubino as Father Clem. Charlie on the MTA Forgive Me theme mashup created and performed by Adam Ramunda. Russian dance by Yair Yona. Battle Hymn of the Republic blues medley by Marissa Anderson. Battle Hymn of the Republic folk by Roger McGinn. The graphic design for this crossover series comes from Sam Twardy. You can support Greater Boston on Patreon at greaterbostonshow.com slash greaterboston. You can support Forgive Me on Patreon at patreon.com slash roguedialogue. Sorry, give me one second. I scrolled too far. I scrolled too far. I scrolled too far away. Okay. I think an efficient church is a good church. Sue me. 
The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Please try to get some sleep tonight. I've been trying to sleep all week. Nothing helps. You could try sleep sound. No thanks. You've had enough nightmares for the both of us. Let me go! Come on. The medication has nothing to do with that. I haven't had a bad dream in ages. <laughs> Ever since your highly problematic affair in Idaho? Oh my god. Never stop. Nothing happened. Nothing happened? Well, you still haven't told me who you're bringing to graduation. Oh, your heart is racing. How can you tell? What if I don't want anyone else to know yet? And it wasn't a bad dream? I don't know. Christopher, you know. Can't you appreciate that I'm trying to help you here? Thanks for the pills, Lils. Dreamers, Season 2 by Broken Crown Productions. Tune in weekly wherever you listen to podcasts. 